460 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, presented by the BaseballReference.com Play Index. I am Ben Lindbergh, joined as always by Sam Miller. You know, if I Google Edwin to, to get Edwin Encarnacion's uh, B-Reference playoff uh, player page, uh-huh. I mean, I'm a baseball, I mean, everything I look up is baseball, so my Google results are, are pretty good. I very rarely get, for instance, I very rarely get the country singer Chris Young as the top result anymore, even mm-hmm. though he's more famous than either of the other Chris Youngs. Mm-hmm. Like, my wife gets the country singer Chris Young. I get the baseball player Chris Young, right? Mm-hmm. I get, I get, for instance, if I search Ted Williams, I get Ted Williams baseball player. On my mother-in-law's Google, mm-hmm. she gets the homeless man with the, with the voice. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's actually like six of the first eight results are the golden-voiced homeless man, Ted Williams, oh, which is bananas. I'm actually surprised that... <laughs> I know, and this was years after. Like, this was a recent search. Anyway, I look up Edwin, and I expect it to fill in Edwin Encarnacion. That seems just, like, without a doubt, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the fourth Edwin on on my on my results can is edwin you name jackson one of the edwins <laughs> he's not can you name a non-ball player edwin edwin star i that's actually not a bad guess it is <laughs> not he's not there either he's not top five <laughs> who are the top edwins okay so tell me if you know any of these edwins and then we, maybe we'll <laughs> maybe we'll look him up okay. edwin watts nope edwin escobar nope edwin mccain nope Edwin Hubble. Mm, it's not the astronomer Hubble, right? I don't. It could be. <laughs> yeah, also, it is, right? Okay, so I know that Hubble. Also, no, no Edwin Collins, which sort of hmm. surprised me. The, the spelling is different, but I didn't think that would bother Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edwin. So Edwin Watts is a a golf. Uh, a, I guess golf apparel. Uh-huh. Uh Edwin Escobar. Uh, Ball player. <laughs> really? He's a ball player. Yeah. <laughs> what? He, he, the, uh, he apparently is a minor leaguer who the Giants acquired in 2010. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's see. Edwin Escobar, uh, 22 years old, AAA starter for the Fresno Giants. Hmm. Uh, 5-2-5 ERA. Never been on a – oh, actually – Oh, this is embarrassing, I guess. I guess this is embarrassing for us. Oh, okay. Because he's a prospect. He's legit. He's ranked number 56 prospect by mm. Baseball America, but was not a top 100 for BP. That's the one I edited. I, yeah. I don't have time to, to do, do deep reads on multiple top 100s. It's right. the one I edit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay, so Edwin Escobar, legit prospect. Mm. Uh, disappointing for so, us. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Before we before we started recording, we were talking about the the popularity of prospect content. So this just goes to show that Google is has the same preferences. Google is more interested in prospects who might one day be productive major leaguers than it is in the multiple major leaguers who are currently uh, productive players. And Edwin McCain, we actually both definitely know Edwin McCain. I don't know why this didn't ring a bell, but Edwin McCain is the guy who 
uh, wrote and uh, well, at least recorded the song I'll Be from about the year 1999, which was uh, the prom staple of that year. Do you know this song? Mm-hmm. It's the, uh, I'm, I'm not going to sing it, but it's the I'll be your crying shoulder. I'll be <laughs> love suicide. You know that song? That was like Lou Reed singing it. it no, huge. you don't uh, know it? That was before my prom time. Yeah. All right. Well, we've uh, we've done several minutes on Edwin's here. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about, is it? No. Hey, did we say who we're sponsored by? Yes. All right. <laughs> so what um, are we talking about, Ben? Well, I wanted to, to mention just the, the daily Tommy John update. Chris Withrow is the latest victim. Mm-hmm. So Blue Shield of California loses loses one of its members. That one actually hurts me more than any any of them this year but Jose Fernandez. I have a soft spot for relievers who, uh, you know, dominate. And Withrow was a guy I really liked. He was a guy that... The the high strikeout, high walk guys, too. He was a guy that I had been touting before Mm -hmm. the year started in in certain forums. And he also is a guy who... um, uh, I liked his BP player comment, which noted that he is the only player in baseball, uh, in the majors, uh, with the word throw in his name. (laughs) Uh Right, so he's like... It's like Josh Outman or something. Um, well, yeah, I was I was a Withrow fan. Also, I missed out on him in our reliever league draft just by a couple picks. I pushed it too far. I really wanted to get him, and I thought I could leave it one more round, and he was selected, and I was very upset about that. So that has kind of cushioned the blow here because now I'm not upset about that anymore. Um, and then the other... The other thing was that the the Royals have a new hitting coach. We talked about Royals hitting coaches quite a bit last year because this is this is now I think the what the sixth Royals hitting coach since 2012. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think it might not be the hitting coaches. Um, no. So what does this say about anything? Does this say something? What does this say more about? Okay, so does this say more about Yost? Mm-hmm. Uh, more. Um, the the hit the nature of hitting coaches themselves mm-hmm. or the Royals hitters. I think it's eh, my first inclination would be to say it says something about the people who are hiring the hitting coaches, right? Um, so more, are you counting? Are you counting the George Brett? Uh, I think interim? that's I think that's counted in that total. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that doesn't really count maybe but it's still a lot of hitting coaches um so would you would you say that a hitting coach is somebody who um i uh, okay i'm gonna back up so there are certain skills that are uh apparent within you know you know a few minutes like you can mm-hmm. basically if you're a scout you can get a good read on a guy's speed like literally the first time he runs to first base mm-hmm. um and then there are other things that take you know years of statistics to really get a good handle on mm-hmm. uh like like you know arguably uh you know maybe defense or uh you know certain parts of defense or or whatever uh, and then you know a lot of things are in the middle you know half a season or whatever um but to get a player's true talent level you would generally want you know a couple years before you would really say definitively so but with a hitting coach would you think that this is something where you can't really get a read on how good he is for a few years sort of like a gm where you have to you have to give his his work a lot of time uh to develop because he's basically working on guys um you know uh with with uh you know 
some development in mind and he's working on attitudes and he's working on you know getting them to be good learners and he's getting them uh, working on getting them to be hard workers and and all these things that should should really flourish many years down the line i mean you mm-hmm. could you could make maybe make a case that it wouldn't be 3 or 4 years until you could really say a hitting coach had failed or you could say well being around him it's clear that he's just sort of you know, socially awkward and he's not relating to these guys. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we picked a guy who just got off on the wrong foot with these hitters and he's probably never going to get that back. And so within like a month, you, you know, whether you made a mistake. So would you Mm -hmm. guess that hitting coaches a within a month, you made a mistake or within three years, you start to feel confident you made a mistake. Hmm. Well, the various methods that people have used to look at these guys statistically, I think suggest that there's like almost no sample that we can use to tell whether they're good just from, just from looking at whether players are better with them and without them. Russell Carlton has written about that in the past and and the guys who show up as good, but he wrote a couple of weeks ago about how how random those results are. And he, he noted that uh, we have to be careful about the pitching or hitting coach who gets the genius tag after a couple of his pitchers or hitters have a good year. He might very well be a genius, but these results suggest that going forward, the chances that he'll repeat that work are random. So it seems like statistically we can't tell. You'd think that the team could tell. I would think. I would think probably pretty quickly. Um, on the on the last episode of Fringe Average, Mike Farron was talking about hitting coaches. He talked about Jeff Pentland, who's a, a former hitting coach, and how he clicked with certain players, Sammy Sosa, you know, um, and how hitting coaches generally do that. Or or you'll hear stories of how certain players say that one hitting coach finally got through to them with something, I would think you could tell pretty quickly whether whether the guy is a good communicator or a good fit for for that team and is and is I mean, you could tell like are players going to him for advice? Are they going for extra sessions in yeah. BP or whatever? That seems like something you could tell pretty quickly. And he's if he's taking a really long time to get to know everyone, then that's probably not a good sign. Yeah, they talk a lot about with NBA coaches about you know whether the uh, the you know, it, it's sort of seen as a bad thing if the players are able to are, are like kind of seen as running the team like if they can get a coach fired that's sort of seen as a you know like a bad thing you shouldn't let the players run the team that kind of a thing with a hitting coach though I mean the guy is not necessarily like he's he's you know he's a middle manager and and his primary job is to get players to 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 trust him and work with him and be confident with him and it really seems like even if even if it's totally unfair and unjust and the players he's working with are monsters and immature children or or whatever like he just got a bad group if they're basically saying after a week we don't like this guy well you know maybe it's not the hitting coach's fault but you just sort of have to get rid of that guy. I don't know if that's what happened in Kansas City or if it's ever what's happened in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. But it, it feels like you could do a performance review from the players after a couple weeks mm-hmm. and pretty much say whether he did the job or, or is, is going to do the job well mm-hmm. going forward. Yeah. Yeah, you Maybe. So I have a quick question about the Royals. We've talked um, in the past about what seems to be a tendency toward verbal gaffes from their from their mm-hmm. leaders, from their hitting coach, manager, GM, right. where they seem to they say something that's sort of mockable and seems to not really understand either how baseball works or how reality works. And I just wondered if this this one I don't have the direct quote in front of me, but um, Ned Yost a couple days ago uh, said that you know he was confident in his team's power because 
he sees them hitting a lot of home runs in batting practice. He says, I'm something like I'm confident we're, we can hit home runs because we hit a lot of home runs in batting practice. Does this rise to the level of <laughs> Royals verbal, verbal gaffe to you? Uh, it's not among the worst ones we've discussed. I, I mean, maybe he was just saying that, that they have the raw power and they need to find a way to translate it, but clearly they aren't translating it at all. So it seems like something that is worrisome, even, even if they are hitting batting practice home runs. So it wouldn't reassure me. I don't think it's, I don't think it's near the, the top of the list going back to last year where we were talking about the, the park effects and, and I mean, last year he wasn't concerned about the power because it sounded like he didn't want power, right? That was the that was the last quote. So this mm. is an improvement over that one. There, there yeah. was um, sp- speaking of that, there was a I think Dayton Moore a couple of days ago. This was in a Ken Rosenthal column. He he said that their their problem uh, was not producing with runners in scoring position. And that doesn't appear to be the case at all. I'm just looking at that now. They have hit better with uh, runners in scoring position than they have with the bases empty. Um, they've hit better with men on than they have with the bases empty. So that that really doesn't seem to be the case at all. Um, they haven't hit well with runners in scoring position because they haven't hit well in any situation. But they certainly haven't been markedly worse or worse at all in that in that case so that's the kind of thing that makes you worry because you know maybe he's maybe he's just saying that because it's something to say but if he actually believes that then that's problematic right if he doesn't realize that that the problem is not runners in scoring position but just all situations the team not getting on base um that's sort of scary the quote is, just sit back and watch our BP. If you can drive balls out of the park in BP, you can surely do it in the game. So I, I think you could, if you wanted, turn that into a, into a gaffe. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's certainly that... The, I, I don't think that Yost... Like, you'd have to... Basically, you'd have to give Yost no benefit of the doubt, and you'd have to sort of want to vilify him and be like, he doesn't know anything about baseball. But, right. And that's clearly not true. So you, I wouldn't turn it into a gaffe. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm agreeing with you. This is... Very low on the Royals gaff meter. Very low. I'm gonna put more. I'm gonna put more runners in scoring position comment on the board some somewhere. Not the top of the board, but it's there. Okay. All, right. All right. So our nominal topic today, uh, after we discussed every Edwin in history, is post PED players, post biogenesis players specifically. I suppose Nelson Cruz, Ryan Braun, Johnny Peralta, and the fact that they are producing particularly Cruz, who is having a, what seems like a career year, and uh, and the fact that they have sort of, if not been embraced, they really haven't been vilified any further. Um, we've talked in the past about how teams have, you know, not, not punished PED guys, that really. There haven't been a whole lot of guys who have lost a ton of money because of a suspension. I mean, Melky Cabrera probably belongs on that list, and he's another guy who is who is producing this year. But uh, you know, we saw we saw Johnny Peralta get a big deal this this year. Um, Cruz, of course, did not, but that may have had just as much to do with the draft pick, if not more. Um, and then, not only have these guys been embraced, but you know, Craig Calcaterra wrote about uh, Ryan Braun 
and his his all-star ballot results he is getting lots and lots of fan support in the all-star balloting and so he suggests that that is evidence that fans don't care about this that uh oh it's the outfield ballot too so he's he's up against every other outfielder not just is he leading i'm not looking at it i don't know oh okay um well so so the suggestion then is that fans don't care that uh that writers care certain writers care and um that they make too much of it they they are out of step with the fan base in general and and there have been polls that that suggest that that's not the case that um i'm looking at some comments on on tom tango's blog and there have been some some polls that suggest that people do care about it at least when they are asked when they are surveyed about it they they say that they care but maybe they don't uh, act as if they care. Maybe they don't care enough to to do anything about it. Maybe they will still vote for a PED guy who's having a good year, or they'll still go to games to see one, or they won't stay away from games because one is playing. Uh, they won't boycott. They won't change their their actions. As we talked about with, with Jeff Luno and, and the Astros the other day, it, it's not what you think necessarily that that's the most important thing or your feelings, but whether you act on them and it, it sort of seems as if fans are not acting on any anti-PED sentiments. Uh, wasn't I can't I'm not 100 percent sure that I'm remembering this correctly, but I, as I remember the the Deadspin Hall of Fame ballot, which people could vote on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bonds and and Clemens were were on that ballot, but only because their threshold was 50 percent instead of 75 percent to get on the ballot. Or actually, mm-hmm. it wasn't even that; it was the top 10 names. Mm-hmm. So Bonds and, and Clemens were the top 10 names, but they did not. They actually, I think that we talked about this at the time, it was sort of interesting that even Deadspin voters wouldn't have elected Bonds and Clemens into into the Hall of Fame. They, they only 65% put Bonds and only 66% put Clemens, which is a mm. bit higher than the writers did, but certainly not it's the... It's like twice as high, isn't it? Um, Were they in the 30s or something? I, I thought they were in the forties, but I'll I'll look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not it's not the you know it's not the unanimity that for instance right. BP's I think BP's staff ballot had one person left them on yeah uh, left mm-hmm. them off yeah so bonds uh, bonds got thirty six percent his first time so mm-hmm. uh, it is yeah it's uh, significantly higher but also it's it's sort of right in the middle of where you know like the 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 BP ballot and the actual ballot were um, so. To me, that's an indication that they're actually because that's the Deadspin ballot. I mean, those are those are radicals and anarchists. You know, that's those are people who are, uh, you know, young, uh, generally, and uh, I would say uh, I would say more stat heavy than mm-hmm. the average fan, and uh, certainly engaged, um, and you know, maybe uh, I don't know, maybe this is stretching, but you know, a bit rebellious, mm-hmm. um, and even they significantly penalized the steroids users. Uh, mm-hmm. And even even uh, Giambi uh, failed to make it mm-hmm. uh, on their ballot. He failed to get seventy five percent. So I don't know that it's Giambi. Necessary. Giambi Bagwell. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, so even uh, so, I don't know that it's necessarily that fans don't care about this. I mean, I think that fans have a, they have sort of they have short memories, and I'm not using that term figuratively. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying, like, oh, they, they get... Not like closers have short memories where they're able to come back after blowing a save and, you know, still be tough and strong. I mean, like, they literally, they have short memories. Like, they they don't really remember <laughs> who who did steroids or who that guy is. I mean, there's a lot of people in the crowd 
especially I would think that a lot of people are voting who uh, barely barely know mm-hmm. <laughs> what what happened. Yeah. Well, it is kind of surprising. I I don't I don't quite know how to square this with the fact that I I do think that people generally know that Braun, I mean, Braun was pretty high profile, not quite as high profile for a, because he didn't, for he didn't a break any, Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he didn't break any records. I think if he'd, mm. if he'd broken a record, won the MVP though, but he did win the MVP. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to, it's tough to put these guys. I mean, cause, cause the, the way that the public treats these guys is so it everyone is is in, on a different place on the on the yeah. graph you know I mean with bonds it's you know the very far side um, because you know he broke records mm-hmm. and um, with uh, Francisco Cervelli it's on the far other side because he didn't break records nobody, nobody cares about that or mm-hmm. uh, Antonio Bastardo nobody cares about that and but it's not like you're one or the other there's this whole chart and you don't know where everybody quite fits and so I don't know where Braun fits exactly mm-hmm. i don't i don't get the feeling that any fan in the world cared about nelson cruz for instance would have been very 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 near the left hand side because mm-hmm. he didn't you know he has no black ink he has no hardware he's not famous mm-hmm. um, so i actually am, what is exciting to me is what cruz is doing because i really am hoping that he will do something um, like insane this year, like, you know, 62 home runs or something like that. Like mm-hmm. how great would it be if he hit 62 home runs? Because then it would be this weird reaction that everybody would have to sort through and this like cognitive dissonance. Can they hold it against him that he did, he did PEDs before? Like, right. does that, can you, can you put an asterisk? Like, well, people will call for asterisks, you know, mm-hmm. like that, that will be fun to me because <laughs> Because I don't, I'm not sure how rational any of this is, and I feel like this would be a good place to test even the barest minimum rationality of how people are going to react to Nelson Cruz. Mm-hmm. So far, it hasn't happened. I mean, I haven't seen any, I haven't seen any particular backlash. I don't even really see it brought up mm-hmm. very, very often. Yeah. Um, well, our our friend of the podcast, uh, Michael Bauman, wrote about it at at Grantland. Um, you know, more more or less about the same thing that we are talking about, uh, just about how these guys seem to have assimilated and, and what that means. One more thing about the all-star ballots. I mean, I, you know, certainly we should not treat all-star balloting as, as scientific or necessarily representative of anything. For all I know, the, the brewers have just been incredibly efficient at getting out the vote or something. I mean, you, you'd think that if anything, he'd be at a disadvantage because they have one of the, the smaller fan bases, but that's often, a lie, Ben. That's a the, lie. The, the, they, they don't have. A, they don't have. They have one of the smaller markets. They mm. don't have one of the smaller fan bases. They do very well, mm. um, especially when they're competitive. They do very well. They. 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 I would say for size of market, they might be the best drawing team, mm. in like rel- relative to the size of the market. I mean, they don't draw like a small market team. Mm-hmm. Just right. so you know. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So that's the uh, always the thing I wonder with. PED guys is uh, are they are they more or less likely to take them again? Um, because I I think probably the the reaction if if Cruz did hit sixty two home runs a lot of people would say that he's probably just taking something else now he's yeah. he's demonstrated that he is willing to take something he doesn't have 
doesn't have such strong moral qualms about it that that would stop him from doing it. So we we know he's shown his stripes. We know that he's he's capable. He's willing to do it. So he must have just and and he beat the test before, right? He he found a way to to do that. So presumably then he must be doing it again. He it didn't uh, it didn't didn't hurt him so much that that he's no longer in the league or anything. So so he went ahead and he found a different way to do it is what a lot of people would say. And I always wonder whether that's true, whether whether we should assume that it's more or less likely that someone who has already been caught will be not caught again, but will do something again. Uh, because there's a lot of disincentive for someone who's been caught to do it again. You get tested much more often, which, I mean, I guess if the test is incapable of of catching whatever you're taking, then it doesn't matter how often you're tested. But if it uh, if it's some sort of routine where you have to finesse it to you know make sure that your levels are not high at a particular time, then once you're getting tested a ton and it's random, uh, that would be harder to maintain. And of course, the penalty is is much steeper the second time, especially now. So you'd think that 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 would cause someone to think twice about it. So I don't know. Well, and then of course. You could have people say, well, he, you know, still retains some of the whatever skill boost or talent boost he got as a result of taking those things. He he built up some muscle and he still has it, that sort of thing, which I don't know whether that is really scientifically sound. But I don't even know if it's I don't even know if he has. I mean, while he's taking it. Yeah. Half of this stuff seems to be placebo anyway. Right. Mm hmm. Uh, it's well, okay. I mean, look, we we certainly know that a person who has been in jail for you know for stealing a car is much more likely to steal a car than you know you or I or anybody who's never been in jail for it. I mean, that's that's pretty like that's a pretty easy thing to to walk through. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, all the same things you said about the disincentives. I mean, the guy's on parole. He's got a parole officer. It's his penalties are stiffer if he goes back. All these things are true for him too. The question is whether we think that steroid use is, um, you know, an, an an example of sort of antisocial, immoral behavior, or whether it is, you know, I mean, I don't know, a guy, a, I don't a know, I don't, decision. Yeah, and I don't know if I don't I don't know if the same thing I just said about the car thief, it probably is, but I don't know if it's also true for a speeding ticket. Like I don't know if person who's busted for speeding on monday is more likely than a person who isn't to be busted on tuesday mm-hmm. i got a speeding ticket once and just for the record it was a mistake by the cop uh, uh-huh. i i was i was on cruise control going 71 in a 65 so i was speeding and therefore i couldn't fight it uh-huh. but he clocked me at 86 wow and so i ended up getting a very steep but i couldn't go into the judge and be like no i was speeding <laughs> but only by six miles an hour so i just had to take it gun was Nobody juiced gets, and so, I mean, I, I Can was... Can a Honda Fit go 86? It was a Plymouth Colt. But, oh, okay. Uh, nobody gets a ticket for going 71 in a 65. So I mm-hmm. still feel like it was a bad break. But uh, I don't know. Anyway, the point is um, that, yeah, I, I, my, I, I, I don't think most of us feel the same way about PEDs as car theft. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm fine. I, I disapprove of it. I'm fine disapproving of it. I like that they are trying to fight it. Um, but... I don't know that I consider it a deep moral wrong that is likely to manifest itself uh, in repeated in repeated instances. However, that said, while I want to give the benefit of the doubt to these guys, I would guess that the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And then 
do you think that you would get any traction talking to someone who's convinced that PEDs are, you know, a miracle drug and make every player who takes them amazing? And I'm I'm not in the total, you know, they don't do anything camp either. I'm, I'm not really sure what they do. It's very hard to say, and it probably varies by player. But I'm I'm not of the belief that, you know, you can take them and suddenly become a, a slugger because we've seen that that's, that's not really the case. And, and even when we know that someone was taking something, I'm not positive that if he was having a good year that it was because of that. Like you look at Melky Cabrera's year when he was caught and it just, you know, it was like a super high BABIP and lots of singles falling in. And is that PEDs? I, you know, maybe I, it's kind of hard to say. Most people would say, oh, well, he's hitting a lot of home runs now. That's PEDs, and that wasn't Melky's offensive profile that year at all. So it's sort of hard to say. And so I wonder whether a clean Nelson Cruz or a presumably clean Nelson Cruz breaking out and having a career year would convince anyone of anything, convince them that that maybe, you know, if he's better now, presumably not taking anything than he was when he was taking something, is that convincing to anyone or probably well, probably not? Probably not. I do like, though, that, um, you know, there was all this conversation in the offseason, especially after Johnny Peralta signed his deal, which was, you know, f- probably fair compensation for him, maybe an overpay even, uh, about how it was unfair and they need to do something and there should be a, a cap on how much he can earn. It's just not fair that he can profit on this. And, and we, sh- you know, we disagreed with that. We thought that was, you know, silly that teams are able to price this information into their math. And if anything, it should, you know, if, if teams think that this, that steroids, did something for him, they'll they won't offer him as much, and right. and that it would be dumb to give the teams a discount. You know that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, the point is that now you look at it, and so Peralta is clearly worth his contract at this point. I mean, he's been he's been very good this year. Uh, Cruz clearly, clearly, clearly worth his contract. I mean, this is a guy that nobody wanted their team to sign. I mean, he mm-hmm. was the joke of the off season in a lot of cities mm-hmm. uh, when there when there would be rumors tying them. Uh, to him, and he has been, uh, you know, a huge, huge win for the yeah. Orioles. Uh, well, you know, at, at the at the numbers that were being thrown around for him, he was a joke. I think when he when he signed with the Orioles, a lot of people said that was a, yeah, yeah. a good decision. And it, yeah, it but was, I mean, anything, he, any contract he would have signed would look good right now. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, Melky had, you know, he had a down year last year. He's having a very good year this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that contract, I would say that you know, probably will turn out looking pretty okay because the mm-hmm. Brewers, uh, Blue Jays got a good deal on him. Um, and uh, Marlon Bird, if I have my chronology right, was suspended in 2012 and was one of the great signings for 2013 mm-hmm. uh, by the Mets. And uh, is there anybody I'm missing who has was suspended just before free agency? Uh... I mean, we don't have to go that far back. But um, these guys are, right now, <laughs> they're starting to look like the... Uh, undervalued commodity like it's it, it seems like a market inefficiency you should go get all the steroids guys uh, <laughs> and that they're underpaid relative to their worth compared to other free agents and that they're all getting Bartolo they're all Cologne, getting, I guess maybe you could Bartolo, say perfect yes Bartolo Cologne perfect one mm-hmm. uh, also extremely good value for the A's after his suspension mm-hmm. um, so uh, so yeah so it's really interesting that, that mm-hmm. relative to relative to their peers this seems to be a decision that has, uh, I don't know if it's cost them money, because I don't know if, I mean, you can't use what they did afterward to say what they what they would have gotten paid, mm-hmm. but they've they've been worth more than they've been paid, and not many free agents can say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will also note 
that the Brewers are currently 11th in per-game attendance. They are ahead of the Nationals. Uh, they are ahead of, I lost the tab, but they're ahead of a bunch of teams that you think of as pretty pretty big-sized markets. They're basically tied with the Tigers. Uh, and I will also say, what? of course a Honda Fit can go 71. You don't, <laughs> but can it go 86? That was my question. Oh, oh, <laughs> can it go 86? Yeah. Um, I don't know. And You've you're right. never That's tried because you don't, you don't speed. I, I don't speak, but I bet it could, but it would get a little shaky. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Um, Bron, by the way, is the third third leading vote getter in the National League right now. All right. Uh, so that is it for this episode. That is it for this week. We will be back with a new show on Monday. Please rate and review us and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash effectively wild. Phillies, Phillies, Braves, Mets, Reds, Orioles, all drawing less than the Brewers. Mm -hmm. Of course, the Brewers have been a have been a better ticket this year than many. I know, but it's so it's a it's so early in the season that Mm. it probably takes a little bit of time for that to really catch up. B terrible weather city. Mm. Yeah, Um, for this early. mm -hmm. Okay, and so Facebook group uh, close to fourteen hundred members. We would love you to be one of them. Please. Send us emails for next week's listener email show at podcast at baseballperspectus.com. And please support our sponsor, Baseball Reference. Go to baseballreference.com. Use the coupon code BP to subscribe to the Play Index for the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription. And have a wonderful weekend. We will be back on Monday.